Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And welcome, everybody, to Scout's Eye on College Football. I am Chris Landry. Got a bunch to get to today. We're going to talk a little bit about Big Ten, Pac-12 transfers. We're going to see many of them. How many are in the transfer business? Lane Kiffin had some interesting comments. I'm going to see what he's got in mind and maybe what others like him might have in mind in sending out messages to players in those programs. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk, uh, basically, it's good to be talking football now, isn't it? Practices are taking place. And, you know, just got done doing the scout's eye on pro football and taking you through some film room nuggets on practices going on in the NFL. I do a lot of consulting work on both levels, so getting access to practice tape helped me. And then obviously talking to the coaches to get a feel for what they're seeing on the inside and what they're dealing with, it's a good feel. We're going to go into a number of things. Updating Kentucky on Terry Wilson, the Ole Miss quarterback situation. Got a USC defensive tackle, good one opting out of the season. Another receiver yet opting out headed to the draft. Man, what's going on in the Big Ten um, politically? Interesting. We'll get James Franklin and Sandy Barber's take from Penn State um, on how they feel about certain things there. Florida State's Mike Norvell. What does he think about James Blackman? Where is that um, headed? Ohio State and Alabama with some big-time verbal commitments. Um, Update from LSU's practice, which I was at. A uh, little update on Tennessee, Cade Mays' eligibility situation. So uh, we've got a few things to get in touch with. We'll talk a little bit about the Derek Guy situation as it relates to being at LSU. But a reminder that all the roster breakdowns, college football rosters, all done on LandryFootball.com. Just go onto the left side and take a look at your favorite team, and you can pull it up, and it'll bring you to uh, – you'll be able to look and find it the complete roster breakdowns. Also, complete, very much detailed in our notebooks every day, news notes and nuggets, film room evaluations, what's going on around the world of college football. We've got that all for you as well. So that's why you want to take advantage of getting a LandryFootball.com membership today. Uh, It'll take you inside uh, the film room. It'll take you behind the scenes on what's going on. And give you information that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, And it's very affordable. It's less than $5 a month. If you act now and take advantage of the scouting season offer, which is slowly running out, it's going back to where instead of $49.99 a year, it's going to be 
uh, you know, to the regular price. So take advantage of it today. You'll not only get uh, the college and NFL information, you'll get recruiting information. Um, you'll get uh, the draft information. You'll get a lot of information that's going to be uh, very useful through the entire football season as we transition to what we call the uh, scouting season <clears throat> at the end of the year. So take advantage of it right now. You're going to love it and use it and learn a lot from it. Also, want to remind you about our great friends at 401k Generation. They are the experts in financial planning. They bring you this podcast each and every day, and we appreciate them doing so. If you need help on anything to do with money management, investments, just want to make sure that you reach your financial goals, need to speak with some. You need to speak with a professional, someone that's licensed in all 50 states. So give them a call, give them a text at 1-866-998-5879, 401k generation today. Uh, I mentioned LandryFootball.com is where you can catch this podcast. Uh, if you sign up for Landry Football's conference call, that will take you to all the podcasts that we have. And what do we have? Boy, we have a lot. We have a lot of podcasts that we've added, a lot of shows that we've added. What do you mean by shows, podcasts? Well, it's one and the same, but you can consume it a couple of different ways. You want to watch these podcasts being done live? Go to twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. Check the schedule. See all the shows. You're going to love it. Going to be a lot of fun from syndicated shows that cover football on a regular basis to shows around college football, conferences, multiple shows there, recruiting, the draft, you name it. Uh, we've uh, got a lot of uh, information for you, a lot of um, valuable, uh, not just information, but insights into the college game, the pro game. So check it all out at Twitch TV. So one of the things that has been talked about, we're going to talk a little bit about the SEC too and kind of the overall breakdown in a minute. But one of the things that is being talked about right now, as we know, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are not playing. So what does this really mean for those players in those teams? And I've said it before. If you're a player that's draft eligible and you're a really top prospect, you're going to sit out and prepare for the draft. That makes the most sense. No question about that. If you are someone of the mindset of you're coming back, you're not draft eligible, you're probably staying at your school because you know they're going to be playing football next year. You know that that's, you know, this is – this is, I'm not saying, I'm not predicting anything about the virus, but I'm safely predicting that there's going to be um, football next year played in its regular normalcy. Now, um, so what does it really mean? Who's being really targeted? Well, maybe some players that are disgruntled, maybe some players that are overly frustrated and may be vulnerable to be poached, there are a lot of programs that are very interested in maybe certain players to upgrade their roster. Now, the truth is a lot of programs don't have a lot of roster spots. Um, that is true. It's not when you normally have roster spots open. 
you have that at the end of the year. You have that, you know, at, at, at different frames, which are end of corresponds with the, the school year. But that's when you can make assessments on maybe guys that you may encourage to move on, that you may bring in um, to upgrade your roster. That's basically how you go out and do it. Um, this is not the time you do that. It's too late to bring in a transfer that's going to help you this year. Maybe a few exceptions here or there. Too late in that process right now to take on a player that's going to come in that's going to really have a huge impact. Not going to see that. Also, many schools have already started classes, so you can't transfer now. So those reasons, the people that think that there's going to be all these players leaving right now and going to end up on other teams in a month playing football on your TV in the three conferences, not, that's not going to happen. But here's what can happen in certain situations. And I brought up Lane Kiffin for a reason. He's come out and he's mentioned, and he's not doing this. You know, it was probably a planted question in the media, but it was done for a purpose. And that is, boy, I think those players ought to be free to leave. They can't play. They're It's not fair to them. Well, he's not being, you know, gentlemanly and, boy, I'm really for players. I mean, I think he is. But he's doing it in a self-serving way, of course. You take somebody like, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and others like him. I don't mean to just single out this situation, but you know ones that, all right, you come in, you're a new coach, you assess the roster. There are certain things you like. There are certain things you're comfortable with. There are certain things you don't like. So you may have more roster spots open. And while you may not be able to utilize them this year, they may not be able to help you this year. You recognize that, hey, wait a minute. We can get guys to transfer. And if we can get five, six, eight guys that are better than the guys that we have or that we let go or pushed out the door, that's like getting extra guys you can sign in recruiting. So you sign your normal recruiting class. You augment that with these type players that can upgrade you. It's a really smooth concept. It is a really bright concept. It makes a whole lot of sense. So I think you're going to see that. But more for let's find the guy that might want to transfer that's not really happy with the situation that he's at. Let's bring him to our place. And he can be part of our off-season program next year. And they're thinking next year. First-year coach his, gives him a little bit of a leg up on year two right now. And so I think that is something strategically that Lane and I think other coaches in his situation are looking at with regards to Big Ten and Pac-12. Some news around um, – college football. I want to get into some some, um, some nuggets about kind of how things are going on um, just around practices. 
either from my evaluations and viewing of the practice clips that I get or, in some cases, um, a look at inside the coach's office on what they're observing in their work with the guys. I want to start with Terry Wilson, uh, who's really liked this kid a lot. If you remember, redshirt senior now coming off a knee injury. And he's been taking the majority of the first team reps, which is good. I mean, he's the guy, but to take that many reps that early is a good sign um, coming off the knee. Really think he's good because we know Len Bowden and the story there taking over as starter. But um, a lot of talk about Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen. Uh, they've also seen, you know, a little first team work in practice. Um, there's no question that Terry Wilson is the guy. Uh, unless something happens to him again, and God forbid it happens injury-wise. But uh, I think they're a better team with him. Uh, then that offense is better than with the others involved, but at least Gatewood and Allen give them some depth that they can develop. But in Kentucky's program, which is a developmental program, and quite frankly, Kentucky, I believe, I'm, I'm very comfortable in saying this, that Kentucky is the best developmental program in the league. Okay? I'm not talking about developing pro prospects. I'm talking about getting most out of your guys. If you're looking at Alabama, LSU, and even like Georgia and they're very well coached, but they have a lot more talent. So basically they get talent, they utilize talent, they scheme up well, and they develop players well, all of those programs. Kentucky takes guys that that they run through their system for longer periods. So if you're looking at development, Alabama does the best job of developing players and they get the, they do the best job of recruiting, developing the whole package. Um, Dan Mullen does a great job of coaching, and I think Georgia does as good a job of recruiting and certainly developing. Uh, they've not gotten over the top. LSU has not been as consistent, but they certainly over the last year are the hot team. Auburn's been a little bit more inconsistent. A&M a little bit too uh, early in – Jimbo's tenure to make an assessment up, but I can make an assessment based on historical value with Jimbo. So he's very good in developing. Uh, but in terms of a developmental program, like I would look at Iowa in the Big Ten, which ironically is Mark Stoops' alma mater, that I look at Kentucky like an Iowa. I mean, you know, you go to Iowa – you don't get four and five stars. You don't you, – you develop them over longer periods and they become really good football players. And you don't have numbers of pro prospects like some of the other schools, but you have good pro prospects. And they are well prepared once they get into the NFL. And they are well coached on a week-in, week-out basis. Um Mark's done a phenomenal job at Kentucky. And that Kentucky program is just rock solid. 
very underrated. And, you know, going to bowl games there is getting it done. And he's getting it done. It is it is good, a developmental program. You know, I don't look at, you know, uh, Georgia, Florida, you know, even Tennessee when they're doing it right, uh, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, even a Those are not developmental programs. Those are elite programs that get elite talent that develop players well. A developmental program is one that takes lesser players and gets the most out of them. And that's Kentucky. That's what they do well. Um, hey, congratulations to C.J. Spiller, uh, who is taking the job as a graduate intern at Clemson. Good good kid, good guy. He'll help him, certainly. Been a lot to that program. Uh, over at Ole Miss, we talked a little bit about Lane Kiffin. The quarterback situation. Been asked a bunch about that. John Rice Plumley. Split first and second team reps with the sophomore Matt Corral and the team's early practices. Plumley, barely six feet, didn't begin 2019 as a starter, but then, as you remember, Corral went down, injured four games into the season. Signal caller, sophomore signal caller, took it, took it over. Didn't look back. Phenomenal rushing threat. Finished the season with over 1,000 yards on the ground, 12 rushing touchdowns. Very raw as a passer. I mean, he was, you know, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Corral uh, is not a run threat, but he's a better passer. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I'm a firm believer that because they're so completely opposite that what you're going to see is packages for John Rice Plumley. I think you're going to see John Rice Plumley in the game, some with Matt Corral um, in a quarterback. I think that's certainly what I would do. I want John Rice Plumley in the game. In order to balance out your offense, in order to be able to throw it, probably going to be more Matt Corral. But what can Lane do with John Rice Plumley? I mean, let's remind folks that he took Blake Sims, Lane Kiffin did, and by using motions and shifts, created a good enough pre-snap look to make for some easy throws in the pass game. Can he do that enough with John Rice Plumley? If they can do a little bit of that and then have the run threat with him, no one's going to like playing them. It ain't going to be fun to play them trying to tackle that guy ass LSU last year. Over at USC, Jay Tufeli is opted out, the junior defensive tackle for the NFL draft, 6'3", 305. Thought about his options. He, you know, looked at the situation. Um, you, you know, again, you're saying, well, he's opting out. Chris, they're not going to play this year. No, no, no. He had the option to come back next year. Um, he's not going to do that. He's he's going to he's not going to play, quote unquote, this spring ball that's potentially there. Um, in the practice of not not going to not going to do that. Not going to be involved in that. No, nor would anybody that's a draft prospect. It just would be foolish. So he's coming out. So this is not a, like, boy, surprising news. This is just a fait accompli, but just as a note, really good defensive tackle that's coming out. Um, hey, best of luck to Chuba Purdy, the freshman quarterback at Florida State, underwent surgery on Tuesday. Uh, never heard surgeries that didn't go well. Um, but they say it did went well. 
course, you know, Purdy is the younger brother of Brock Purdy of Iowa State, so wish him the well. Another receiver has opted out of the season. Oh, yeah. Sage Sherratt, very underrated. You can take Sage Sherratt and you can put him on Clemson's team with a Clemson helmet and you think, oh, boy, that guy fits right in. Damn, look at it. Clemson does it again. Sage Sherratt is a Clemson receiver playing for Wake Forest. Outstanding. He has opted out of the fall. Begin prep for the 2021 draft. Understand it. I hate it. I want to see him play. Just such a great player. 6'3", 215. He joins Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore and Warren Jackson out of Colorado State. You may not know as much about. Uh, really good. Along with others. Big time. He was a first-team All-ACC player on film, no doubt. Potential first-round pick. Um, <clears throat> I want to jump off a little bit again. Don't want to dwell on it. I'm not trying to open up wounds. But I have mentioned that since the announcement last week by the Big Ten that they're not playing, the frustration among the athletic administrators and the football coaches has been quite heavy. Quite the issue. Um... Sandy Barber, the athletic director at Penn State, came out and said, I'm not sure the president's even voted. I've got no verification that they even voted on this. When you have those type of comments, that's done to take a shot across the bow um, at the, the process involved. And it probably means that the president at Penn State was not really on board with the decision that was made. But this was up from the governor. And because, you know, that's uh, your immediate um, boss is for it. You probably don't come out publicly and say, what a dumb decision that was, or I can't believe they did that, or yada, yada, yada. So interesting that those things came out. Well, James Franklin has been very vocal that he's frustrated. And I, I want to bring this out, and this is maybe the biggest point I'd like to make. We do not know whether the decision to play or not play is the right one or not. For me, playing it is what I want to see, but I'm not qualified to make far-reaching decisions on things such as this. However, I will say that... Um, the timing of it is suspicious and I think irresponsible. I think the prudent thing would be to do what the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are doing. We don't know that the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12 are going to play. Just because they've announced the schedule, just because they're practicing, does not mean that we're not going to have a problem that's going to shut it down. We don't know that. I think things are looking good. I think we're going to play. i starting to feel good about that. I don't want my emotions to go there and be let down, but I really believe they are. But we don't know that. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 should have taken this deep into this process. There's nothing wrong. In fact, there's everything right about backing out in September, late September, as opposed to now. It's just the prudent thing to do. It is the political thing to make your stance early and, 
you know, we're holy in thou, and we think we care more about our players than others, and it's backfired on them. Because what it's done is the people that, quote, unquote, they're protecting the players, the coaches, the administrators, they're the ones that are hopping mad, and they're not going to take it anymore, and they're frustrated. And I don't, all these little petitions and signings and legal actions, probably not going anywhere, maybe, maybe in terms of rattling cages, but it's not going to change the course of the season. You're not going to have a season in the Big Ten. But, you know, what it is doing is showing the divide that's going on right now. And the biggest problem I have is not just the, in the timing is it, wait it out, but the gutless nature of the people that are actually making those decisions are not the ones that have to stand in front of the players or the players' parents or the media and tell you why they're not playing. Well, we know, I mean, we know why they're not playing. We know why the vote was. But, you know, not going to answer questions. No, no, no. We'll let, we'll let somebody that can't answer them, that wasn't involved in the process, answer it. Now, that makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense, and it's gutless. It's the frustration is boiling over in the Big Ten. There's no doubt about it. Um, hey, uh, good news out of Oklahoma. Theo Howard coming off of the Achilles. He's been taking part in practices. Uh, he transferred to Oklahoma from UCLA back in January. Uh, he tore his Achilles during a workout shortly after. Um, but hopefully he can uh, get back on track there. So best of luck to him. Um, Florida State's Mike Norvell is, I'm told, excited about what he's seen with James Blackman. Not a lot of exposure to him. Very few practices in the spring before it shut down. But likes him. Been asked how is he going to fit. I think they're going to have, obviously, a better plan, a better offensive plan. Um, I think the tempo adjustment's going to be modified and improved. And I do think that the offenses that he's had, Mike Norvell, that is, is going to only help James Blackman or enhance his chances to be successful. Very curious to see how that plays out. It's been a very rough offseason for Florida State. And let me just address something, that there seems to be a lack of communication. What is a lack of communication theory in, in this is? Is there a lack of communication of explaining how you want things done and how things are going to be? That could be the case in this unusual time that we're in. Or is it we've communicated, but maybe the message of how serious certain things are going to be is not getting across. Meaning, there's an old saying in coaching. Players have to know what you mean and know that you mean it. So, is Mike Norvell not getting his message across or his players not accepting it? Is there a problem in that locker room? Is there... 
some of the, okay, let's, you know, this, this is the way we did it in the past type at, or is it just not expressing it well enough or not emphasizing it enough? Always important that as a coach, you got to know what I mean and know that I mean it. Something needs to be corrected there in the message. Either it's not being accepted and that needs to be, and you can't just run everybody off, but that over time needs to either be weeded out and maybe you got guys like Marvin Wilson that's maybe taking ownership of the team and is the alpha dog leader, no doubt, and is talking a lot, no doubt. But maybe maybe some younger guys will fall more in line. We shall see on that. But there's no doubt that the message is either not being received properly or not being absorbed properly. Something's got to improve at Florida State, no doubt. Some other news around college football. Some recruiting news wanted to get to. Um, Oh, by the way, former Florida redshirt freshman Deontay Marks has officially transferred to Central Florida. We've been talking about that. That was going to take place. Uh, Skylar Thomas, the safety of Washington State, Good young in the box safety is going to be transferring from uh, Florida State. Um, uh, some other news. Of course, you know by now that LSU's Justin Thomas has left the team. Um, it was not a surprise. Uh, good player, no doubt. Um, he left the program in late October, and, you know, just his future best outside of LSU, and um, it was kind of expected, but official now. More on LSU in a second. Ohio State getting a verbal commitment from four-star linebacker in the 2022 class. They're about done. They about put 2021 away recruiting. Deshaun McCullough um, is a really good-looking linebacker that's going to grow up and be a good pass rusher, I think. 6'5", he's 220, born in Cincinnati. Uh, it's a Howe guy, uh, Youngstown, Cincinnati family area. He looked like he was a Buckeye from the beginning. Um, he's at Blue Valley North High School in Overland Park, Kansas now, um, where his family moved. So uh, he's the fifth 2020 commitment as the Buckeyes are absolutely, from a recruiting standpoint, killing it. And – of all the programs in the Big Ten that are going to be hurt the most nationally, it's there's only one program that was capable of winning a national championship this year at the Big Ten, Ohio State. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, it, it's not it's not the other school's fault. It's not Ohio State's fault. If, if you're telling me Ohio State can't compete this year, there's, in my mind, a little bit of an asterisk because you're not beating – you're, that is a team that is every bit as good as anybody else in the country. There, every, If I'm ranking the teams, rosters going into the year, what they've got coming back, there is no doubt that it's Ohio State, Clemson, Clemson, Ohio State. Those are the two best teams. And the SEC teams have a little bit more depth, but those are the two best teams. And you're taking one of them out of it 
That that's that's a big loss for the league and certainly for Ohio State. But they are getting it done, killing it in recruiting. Uh, back to LSU, a lot of things to go to in practice. Miles Brennan. Look, Miles has done a nice job in practice. Um, everyone's asking, oh, is he going to be Joe Burrow? Well, I didn't think Joe Burrow was going to be Joe Burrow last year at this time. I thought he'd be good. Uh, Miles Brennan is not quite Joe Burrow, but he has put on weight. He's gaining more and more confidence. Um, I think he's starting to kind of win the team a little bit, which is what you do when you become a quarterback and become a leader. I think that alpha dog, you know, I'm good, you know, I'm going to prove it, I'm going to be your leader, follow me type attitude uh, only helps, only helps um, when it comes to um, – dealing with a, and working with a guy like Joe Burrow only helps to kind of rub off on you. So uh, what's going to matter is how well he performs. The performance really, really is the key. Uh, some other notes, uh, they are working Cameron Wire at right tackle during fall, fall camp. He's 6'6", six, six, he's 315, he's seen more time at right tackle in, in place of Austin Deckless, who's currently dealing with an unspecified injury. Um is a long returning starter on the offensive line. And, um, you know, it, they've got – if Declas has had an injury, they'd, they'd be in trouble. So they've got to get Cam ready to play. It's the one thing that I think is going to hurt. Miles Brennan is not Joe Burrow, but also this offensive line's losing a lot. And, you know, they've got a great receiver, but they don't have – um, the experience at the other receiver positions that are quite as ready yet. That combination is not going to make the LSU offense just be subpar, but certainly not as good as it has been. Um, talked about Kentucky a little bit earlier with Terry Wilson. Another guy to keep an eye out on Kentucky's practices is wide receiver Josh Ali, expected to have a big year. Um He's really stood out in practice. He's six feet, 190 pound. Um, he, uh, you know, Lynn Bowden was a converted receiver, took all the snaps at quarterback. So this gives him give him a lot of opportunity to kind of step up and make plays. But that was really, really big. Some um, news out of Tennessee: the request for eligibility of raver by Cade Mays was denied. Um, He's pushed out from Georgia for a Tennessee transfer in early January. Um, he left Georgia to go to Tennessee. Uh, eligibility waiver was was likely for the junior. That's been shot down. Um, they're going to appeal the waiver ruling. Um, so we'll see. Um, it's difficult situation for him and never quite could understand the NCAA's decisions. Some other recruiting news. Um Alabama gets a verbal from another good quarterback, Jalen Milrow. Uh, it flipped him from a previous Texas pledge. He's been done an unbelievable job as Alabama done on the recruiting trail this summer, kind of taking it to a different level. Um, six feet, 130, 194 pounds, gunslinger, uh, big-time talent. Interesting to see. Um they, uh, you know, we saw 
uh, Alabama flip Bryce Young, who's a USC commitment. And so, really good guy. Um, he's got to work on some accuracy issues, but we're talking about a really, really good player that they're bringing in the 2021 class. So, Alabama continues to roll. Um, as we kind of take a look at the SEC, and I'm going to go into a little bit more detail breakdown. And by the way, I'm going to address some of the LSU situation or Darius Guy situation while he was at LSU in uh, my Landry Football podcast, which you can find at LandryFootball.com. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that. I'm going to go in-depth with the SEC teams um, going forward. But, you know, I've been asked about how things look in terms of the league and just kind of an overview. And there's no question that, as we've seen the schedule now, still there is a gap between Georgia and Florida in terms of talent. Still think Georgia is the favorite. Florida has a schedule edge, not easy, but Georgia may have a more difficult trail early. They're still one and two, two and one. Georgia, Florida, in that order, in terms of talent. Then you've got Tennessee, not a huge gap over Kentucky right now, but but there. And I think South Carolina is in that mix. Then I think there's a little gap. Then you got Missouri, and then there's another big gap. To Vanderbilt. That's how the rosters look going into the year. Over in the West, I think it's Alabama. Then I think it's LSU. And I, I think that AM and Auburn are kind of in a group that maybe could make an argument that they're pre they're pretty close to the first tier. But I do think it's Alabama, and I then I think it's LSU. I think LSU will have to prove that they're now the program to beat in the West. I don't think they are. I think Alabama is. LSU did it last year. LSU had the magical year. They won the title. But so has Auburn won a title. Auburn has beaten Alabama twice. LSU beat them last year, Alabama. Okay, beating them once is not a trend. Okay, you want to do it a second time in a row, a third time in a row when the – West for three years in a row, then you can make the claim that you're the premier program in the West. Right now, you can make the claim that you were the best team in college football last year. Okay? That's kind of where we are on that. Then I think there's a next tier with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and then I think Arkansas kind of fills the role of Vanderbilt in the West, but better than Vanderbilt. But Ole Miss has got some explosive playmaking ability. Mississippi State's not going to be a whole lot of fun to defend. But that's how I see it. And, again, more in-depth breakdown of the the teams, more in-depth as we go along. I mean, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more um, piece by piece. A lot of things to get into today, and we wanted to make sure we did it. Reminder again, take advantage of the scouting season offer at LandryFootball.com. Go ahead and get your membership before the price goes up. You can be well worth it through the remainder of this year. Football season, recruiting season, draft next year, entire calendar year, less than $5 a month. Going back to the regular price here uh, very, very shortly. So take advantage of it today. We've got all the college film room breakdowns, the roster breakdowns and analysis. We've got our notebooks every day where you can get the film room nuggets, the news and notes, what's going around, going around inside the football facilities, what the film is telling us. 
absolutely worth its weight and gold for a college football fan. Also, if you like the pro game, we've got that as well. We're breaking down the pro game. We are providing the film room analysis on the pro side as well as the college side. We've got the roster breakdowns of all the NFL teams. we got the news notes and nuggets from practices around the NFL. So lots of stuff going on. So take advantage of it today. Also make sure you sign up for Landry Football's conference call so that you can get this podcast and the other podcast right to your mobile device. And check out Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Football. That'll take you to where you can watch all of these podcasts live on Twitch TV. You can watch them. You can go back and listen to them. you got that option. Hey, thanks for the great folks at 401k Generation, the experts in financial planning, money management, investments. Um, they can make sure you're on track to your financial goals. They can do it because they're personable, they care, and they've got that down-home feel, yet licensed in all 50 states. So they can help you regardless of where you're listening to this podcast in the continental United States. Give them a call at 1-866-998-5879. That's 1-866-998-5879. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. Flip on over and listen to us on Scout's Eye on Pro Football. And join us on Tuesday for another edition of Scout's Eye on College Football. I'm Chris Landry. Have a great one, everyone. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.